You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell. And sometimes things just work out great, guys. And uh, we normally record on Wednesdays. And uh, Georgia has gotten a commitment on this Wednesday. Uh, Jamon Dumas-Johnson, a four-star linebacker out of Baltimore, Maryland, uh, goes to St. Francis Academy there, has committed to the Bulldogs over offers from home state Maryland, over uh, – over Florida, over Tennessee, and uh, it's a big one for the Bulldogs. It's a, it's a big get there, and uh, it's one of those things where this comes at a, at a massive position of need because Georgia didn't sign an inside linebacker in the last class. And, Rusty, I'm just going to go ahead and throw it to you. What do you think about this kid and how big of a get is it for Georgia to kind of get on the board at inside linebacker in this class? Well, first of all, uh, what I can't say and I haven't said on the board, and obviously for reasons, this, this kid's been a solid commit to Georgia for a while. And you don't know if sometimes, listen, these silence, mean, we've all done this, so you don't know uh, when silence will come out and if they stick. You know, they, we, we all know if kids have been committed silently and never end up at Georgia. This is not going to be the case. This is a player they have recruited hard. This is a player that they went up and uh, visited in early January, offered him, actually offered him, um, you know, they'd offered Xavier Story and Barrett Carter and Smile Munden. And, and if I'm correct, this was probably the next guy they offered, they even offered him before Prince Collie uh, kind of blew up on the scene in early March. But definitely at a position of need. And this, this, is, um, this is a guy that's playing at one of the top programs in the country. Uh, as a sophomore, he played behind Shane Lee, who's at Alabama now, who started as a true freshman. So he got his chance to start uh, last year as a junior just had a really, really good season and kind of catapulted that into a, a bunch of offers. And uh, obviously, when, when schools like Georgia come up to uh, – as a junior, they can't sit down and speak with you, but they can see you. And, you know, with them seeing him in person and verifying his height and weight, seeing him like that uh, tells you a lot that they, they offered him. And this was one of those kind of heard about – about a month ago that really Georgia was in this thing. And, you know, because kind of the buzz was he was going to Florida. He had taken a visit to Florida, I think, in January, I believe. Uh, they recruited him really hard. Texas A&M was another school. Uh, local school, Maryland, was involved there. I don't think Maryland was ever really in play. He's got like five teammates at his high school committed to Maryland, four or five, I think. So, they were always going to be in it, but I don't think they were ever a legit threat to get him. I think he was going to end up in the SEC in Georgia. Uh, credit to Glenn Schumann. Goes in and gets another uh, four-star top 247 linebacker. Uh, I'm not really a lot into comparisons of people that follow me, but, you know, it gives me a lot of Monty Rice vibe. Just looking at him, just, just learning about his personality. You know, he really is not into the recruiting scene, really not into the uh, the interviews, those types of things. Monty was the same way. I mean, we, you know, we, Monty very rarely did interviews as well, just more in touch with football and working out and, and doing what you can and competitor and kind of strikes me early vibes is this is, this is a, this is a Monty Rice type player, which is a, you know, a four-star linebacker uh, from a very, very, very good football program. 
and it's more than just uh, Rusty. It's more than just the attitude and the way he's handling his recruitment. I mean, he and Monty Rice are probably very similar size, but they can sure. wear the same clothes. Yep. I mean, they are they are almost the exact same size, dude. Uh, you flip on his film, he looks a lot like Monty Rice the way he plays. Um, he's not a he's not undersized, really. I mean, maybe a tad short. He's, he's probably six feet to six one instead of six two, six three. Uh, but but a very athletic guy. He doesn't really stand out to you as you know. He doesn't pick up a fumble and and oh, you're like oh my god, he's running a four three or anything like that. One of these freak show linebackers. But he's very athletic. He's got good size. He's got good instincts. I know when I looked at his film, I saw the first play. And if you get a chance, check out that highlight film. It's up over at Dogs 24-7. You look at the first play, I believe it is, and maybe it's the second play, and they run some kind of little RPO with the quarterback where the quarterback looks out to the flat and kind of sees how everybody reacts. And he basically plays both of those, both the quarterback and the flat at the same time and plays a block. And, and, you know, those are the types of things you want to see from a linebacker. You want to see a guy that basically – you know, has a block, it plays the block in his periphery. It's not his first thing. The ball is his first priority, and, and he beats the block without even really paying attention to it. And uh, those are some of the things you really like to see out of a linebacker. Uh, Kip, what, what's your evaluation of, uh, of this kid, and, and how, how well do you think he fits what Georgia does? Well, I, I think as far as his frame, he holds 235 pounds well. He looks chiseled. You could, you could tell that, you know, he will come in, with the strength needed to be physically ready to play, you know, in, in Georgia's defense. He plays some outside, he plays some inside, but, I mean, he impacts each game in a big way. He's got high effort. He's, he's willing to throw his body around. It's funny because, the you know, playing for a program like St. Francis, they had 11 guys that signed D1 last year. I think they had like five Under Armour All-Americans. And him taking over for Shane Lee, it's it's hard not to see a guy like Shane Shane Lee when you watch his film. A guy that at Alabama is about six foot, two hundred and forty five pounds, was able to step right in when Dylan Moses got hurt and had eighty six tackles as a freshman, led all freshmen in tackles uh, last season, and, and it has given them you know a guy that they can build that defense around. Whether or not Dylan Moses is healthy, that's this a similar player, uh, you know here. And, and Dumas Johnson, and I, I think that when you look at Georgia's defense, obviously he's going to be a guy that steps in an inside linebacker, can deliver the big hit downfield, changes directions pretty well. Uh, you know, I like I like his body control, and I, I love his instincts. But I mean, he has that mentality that he is going to come in there and do whatever he has to do to make the play. I think his effort is going to be better than, you know a lot of guys ranked higher than him. I just think he has that mentality. He's not worried about where he's ranked. He's only worried about what happens when he straps on the pads. He loved that mentality as Rusty said. Monty Rice was the same kind of player. And I think that it one thing you want to see him, you know, continue to get better at is just being able to to shed blockers and 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 work in traffic. I think that's that's an aspect of his game that he can get a little bit better at. I, I think as far as coverage, 
how, whenever he's asked to do that, I think he, he'll have to fine tune that a little bit, but I, I think that his drops are pretty solid. He's got, he's got the, you know, the loose hips that you need to turn and run in coverage when they ask him to. Uh, one thing he's not going to do though is, is miss tackles in space. And you just got to love that from your inside linebackers. It's exactly, you know, the style of play and, and the physicality that Kirby smart looks for in his defense, he's going to bring that old school mentality to, to Georgia, and but also just the physical and mental talent needed to be highly productive in his career at Georgia. Yeah, and and I think that when when you see a player like this, obviously you hear about the word motor, and and a lot of times people equate that to defensive linemen and defensive end. It's everybody on the defensive side of the ball. It's it's offensive linemen too, because you know these are guys that guys that play with a high motor are the ones that they'll redirect four or five times, stay in the play, stay involved in the play. They're not going to be caught watching, and and that did that also stood out to me in watching Dumas Johnson's film is the fact that he's just not going to get caught looking at what's going on. He's not a spectator. He, he's a participator. He's involved in everything. And, uh, and that's something you like to set up a linebacker. And another thing I like to point out, too, is you guys brought it, bring up Shane Lee, and, that, and that's, that, that's an important thing to me because Shane Lee came in ready to play, and he played at a pretty high level for a freshman in the SEC at inside linebacker. So all things considered, you know, especially when, when Dylan Moses had to step out, and, and uh, you know, you, you kind of – sometimes that's a school thing. Sometimes you saw it at, like, Pace Academy where, you know – Andrew Thomas came in ready to play, and then Jamari Sawyer, if needed, would have been able to play his freshman year too. Well, that that can sometimes carry with you from you know from high school to high school in terms of which guys are ready to play, and and you know that that's something that may be available there too. And not that Georgia would necessarily need it. Need it. Uh, this is more of a kind of a, a big get for the need for the current class, not necessarily a guy you need to play right away. I guess it could be if, if they had mass defections here at inside linebacker because Quay Walker and Channing Tindall are both juniors. But that kind of brings me to my next point, and that's Georgia broke the seal here on, on, on not having an inside linebacker commit since, since the 2019 class. And, I mean, I know that's just one class skipped, but you don't see that very often with Kirby Smart. They usually sign a guy or two – whether he's a big need or whether the position's a big need or not. And, Rusty, getting that first guy on the board with guys like Smile Munda and Xavier Sori and, and, and Prince Collie and, and some of those other guys still out there, I mean, it's, it's got to bring some peace of mind to Kirby Smart and, and, and Dan Lanning as the defensive coordinator and Glenn Schumann as the, uh, as the inside linebackers coach, right? Yeah, I mean, and listen, you know, there's narratives, and we, talk, we made a good point talking about the rankings and stuff. This is a guy they coveted. Now, listen, they – They've recruited four or five guys, and they have two very, very, very highly rated prospects at this position in state. You miss one in Barrett Carter, so Smile Monday becomes even a more priority. Uh, but this is a player they wanted. So, yeah, it gives them some peace of mind to say, listen, we need inside linebackers, and we got a guy that we've been on a while, and we feel good about him. So, uh, you know, you look at this, and I would say they would – listen, if they were to get Smile Munden and Xavier Sword, that yes, they would take all three. But if they get, you know, Smile Munden, it's going to take the pressure off of anything else because after that, uh, you know, it's it's they're going to take Xavier Sawyer at any time because he's a guy that can play multiple positions. He can play outside backer. He's kind of that Mikael Sherman guy. He can play any uh, position inside or outside probably uh, for you there. So, uh, you know, want to be careful to, to for the narrative of the board like this is a plan B. It's really not a plan B. It's a guy they've recruited for a long time. 
and they want it to end. So yeah, that's you're right, Jake. It, it kind of gives them some relief to say, look, we've got we got one good one that we really wanted. Now let's go out and get the best best that are left, and, and they got some big targets. And, and Prince Collie's a guy that you know, Kip Kip's going to talk about that more, I'm sure, because he had some information yesterday. But he's a guy as well they're recruiting. But uh, when you start recruiting at what how Georgia is, Alabama is, Clemson, all that, you can't get them all, but you got to get your share. And Georgia had a very good day getting uh, Jamon uh, Dumas Johnson uh, today. Yep, uh, throwing it back to you for the you know, because of what Rusty just said, but also, I mean, how do you see this inside linebacker class shaking out? I mean, uh, obviously they want to get at least two, and and Rusty brought up Xavier Sawyer for three. Any chance maybe Prince Colley becomes number three if they're able to get Smile Munden? Uh, I think the timeline works out to where he could definitely be in the class. They've they've made it very clear that to him and and his coaching staff uh, in in Tennessee that they are going to take at least two, but if it's the right three, then they will take three as well. And, I mean, they, they continue to recruit Prince Cully very hard uh, at, at David Crockett High School in Tennessee. Uh, Glenn Schumann spent a lot of time talking to him on, on Tuesday. Just, you know, they continue to keep in contact. And, and for Prince, he's not in a rush. He is he has told his, his top five programs, listen – you know, I would like to take visits if possible. If I need to take these visits on my own, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But I want to see schools before I make a decision. And, you know, the programs that are heavily involved with him, Georgia, Notre Dame, Louisville, LSU, they've all said, you know, that that's fine. You know, you, you take as much time as you need. And I think that he's a guy that could be on the board in October, November, and that George is going to continue to recruit. They like him a lot. They have a lot of interest in him. He's highly athletic. I mean, a guy that, you know, plays linebacker for the first year and, and is highly productive, but also steps out into, into the slot wide receiver position on offense and has over a thousand yards receiving as well. The athleticism is, is definitely there about six foot, 205 pounds to come in and, and be a highly productive player at George's offense. I mean, you see what they have done with, Athletic linebackers, you look at Roquan Smith and that role that he played at Georgia. Prince Kelly is a guy that stock was up in the spring and a guy that had we seen in multiple camps could be rated a lot higher across the network. So it's a guy that a lot of schools wanted to have in camp. They wanted to get verified, you know, size info, more, as much info as possible on. But right now, a lot of schools are recruiting him hard and making sure that he knows that they're still interested in him, and I think his timeline just matches up to where Georgia can continue recruiting him, continue recruiting Xavier Sori, and obviously recruit the heck out of Smile Mind and, and just see what happens. And one thing I want to put in here is, is the fact that inside linebacker is such an important position in Georgia's defense. It's an important position in every defense, but when you play a two-gap – system where Georgia like Georgia does where they strike blockers and they want that inside linebacker to run as freely as possible and not only that but there are two on the field you know at least 70 75 percent of the time uh, unlike outside linebacker see th this is a kind of a common misconception I don't want to get like two nuts and bolts here but Georgia on first and second down more often than not is going to have one outside linebacker on the field 
and because they play like a 3-3-5 scheme, and they're going to have two inside linebackers on the field for first and second down, and then on third and manageable, they'll keep those two inside linebackers on the field, whereas an outside linebacker is just that one guy until you get to third down when they may have as many as four on the field. So that's kind of how it goes. Well, inside linebacker, you've got to keep that room stocked because they recruited it so well that in any given year, you could have a couple of guys bet on themselves and decide, hey, I'm going to go – I'm going to go pro, and and Quay Walker and Channing Timbler are talented enough guys that after this year, if both of them come out, they play well, they impress. Both of those guys could could you know go and and place a bet on themselves and say, hey, I'm going to go to the NFL draft. And if that happens, then Georgia loses four inside linebackers in one year because uh, Monty Rice and, and Nate McBride are done after this year, regardless. And then they're left with the three guys that are currently on campus, and plus whoever they get in the current class. So it's, it's huge that Georgia recruit this position, recruit this position well. Not taking one in last year's class makes it even more important. And, uh, and, and then you throw on top of all of that just how important the position is to the defense itself and, and, and how they call the defense and all that. So, and there are multiple things to factor in as well. You want an athlete, you want a great tackler, and you want a guy who's smart enough that, that you can rely on him to call the defense, make the checks, and, and do all that. And Georgia has done a tremendous job at that position, not only recruiting but developing guys there. Before we jump into a break, I want to bring something up here. Uh, for a limited time over at Dogs 24-7, you can get 60% off an annual VIP membership. That's dog treats, granddaddy of them all, best recruiting scoop out there, team uh, scoop with VIP notes and, and VIP nuggets. Uh, you've got recruiting chats and team chats. You've got access to, to our opinion and, and our thoughts on everything every day on the board and through, you know, organized chats. And then you've also got X's and O's breakdowns and, and, and all sorts of VIP stuff, analysis, recruit analysis from our national experts that's often VIP as well. And uh, you can get 60% off of that. It's, it's basically like getting seven-plus months for free. And uh, you can get that from now until basically midnight or 11.59 p.m. on uh, on July 9th, which is in a, in a couple of days. That, uh, it'll be tomorrow. So uh, jump on that right now because things are about to start picking up here for Georgia team-wise, recruiting-wise. Uh, there's a lot to happen, and uh, and uh, we, we would love to have you over there. But you can also, if you don't want that year-long commitment, you can get your first month for just a dollar, you know, 100 cents gets you one month at Dogs 24-7. So come check us out. Let's jump into this break real quick. we got a little bit more recruiting to talk about on the, on the second half of the show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. A couple of guys to get to here, and we'll start with C.J. Washington, athlete out of Cedartown, four-star prospect in the 2022 class. Rusty, you are a, uh, you're a Cedartown uh, insider, in addition to being a UGA insider, what do, what do you know about CJ Washington, who uh, comes from the hometown of of this little running back guy named Nick Chubb? Yeah, I mean, I'm probably ten minutes from our high school. Uh, I'm in between. I live in between Sierra Town and Rome, so uh, been fortunate. They've had enough athletes to cover there, and uh, they've got them this year. Uh, and they got a Jaden Johnson, young man's committed to South Carolina. Uh, they sent a quarterback to East Carolina last year, but 
CJ is a player that kind of jumped on the radar last year as a uh, sophomore, 21 sacks, um, definitely double-checked. He had 21 sacks as a sophomore defensive end, explosive guy, plays running back for them. They dealt with some injuries last year, had to move Jaden Johnson to quarterback once their quarterback got hurt, so they really wasn't able to do what they wanted to do offensively. Teams kind of keyed in on him at running back. So you look at him, um, and this Barton called me this morning. They're going over some 2022 uh, defensive guys, and I've had a chance to obviously watch him work out this summer. He works out three days a week with Nick Chubb and does one day himself. Uh, this young man is uh, 6'1 and a half, probably 222, and going to project an inside backer, but he's going to play, um, you know, outside linebacker for his high school and some inside backer, I think, on the next level, wherever he ends up, probably down to Jordan, Tennessee, which I do think he's going to end up at Georgia. Uh, he's he's an explosive young man, but – you know, I don't want to say he's Nick Chubb. He's got a lot. Nick has really, really spent a lot of time with him. Uh, CJ is a great, great young man. I can't tell you how many people I put a post on my Facebook page last night that, you know, he's a local kid going to decide soon. And just random people were like, hey, you know, that kid mentors my son, you know. And I hear those stories all the time about how, how good he is off the field. The coaches there rave about him. He's a yes, sir, no, sir kid. But, but, again, he is a kid that can play multiple positions. And you look at a position of need, uh, if Georgia gets two in this class or three in this class, they're going to need to keep backers uh, coming, especially long-term and inside linebacker. And I think that's where he projects. And if Georgia gets him, that would be uh, another great start in the, in the 2022 class with some guys uh, already committed there. So, I think that, uh, you know, just for what I know about him, he's just a no-brainer, man. He's such a good kid, but he has that switch. He wears 27 for a reason for Nick Chubb. And I asked him the last time I, I was down there about two weeks ago, uh, you know, recording, uh, recruiting, uh, covering some some pictures and for, for him and Jaden. I was actually getting Jaden Johnson's commitment to South Carolina, uh, getting it for our South Carolina site, and – I asked CJ, you know, hey, when are you going to make a decision? He goes, I'm going to try to do it in September, but may do it in July. I, I don't know. And and I said, are you going to be able to look at Nick Chubb and tell him you're not going to Georgia? And he said, that would be the hardest thing I would ever have to do. You know, I mean, Nick is is pretty vocal with him. Uh, they're pretty close. And he was like a, obviously a big brother to him. So it's impressive, man, to watch him work out. And I cannot wait till we get into a normal world and we could test him because I'm telling you now, he's going to test off the chart. He is so strong, so fast, so explosive. Uh, it wouldn't shock me to see he's a, a sub 4640 uh, as a projected inside backer. I know Tennessee's on him hard. LSU recruits him, but I know that, you know, he told me that Tennessee stays on him hard. They call him a lot, and uh, we'll, we'll see. But right now, my crystal ball's on Georgia. Uh, Kip put one in last year, I think, and, and um, it would be hard for me to see him ending up anywhere else. And I tell you what, you know, you say six one and a half projects as an inside backer. Going to surprise nobody if he hits a growth spurt and a six three and a half here in a year or two. Who knows what could happen? I mean, it's it's. I mean, this is a kid that's just going into his junior year. Just turned just turned sixteen. Yeah, he looks like. I mean, to be honest with you, you look at photos of him. He looks like a. 
I mean, he looks like a guy that's 23, 24 years old and, and getting ready to go to NFL training camp. I mean, he's a he's a monster, and and he's he's cut from physically, and and this is kind of tough to uh, this is kind of tough to to do with a lot of people, but physically similar cloth to Nick Chubb because he's just advanced for that age and they do a great job there at cedar town with that strength and conditioning program rusty i know you're pretty tight with those guys kip any thoughts on on, on washington and kind of where he uh projects for you and 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 how good of a prospect he is i know you're not as uh close to his recruitment per se at least geographically as rusty is not as close but i remember when rusty first wrote about him like you said a year ago and he mentioned about that georgia offer if it ever came you know that that he wouldn't end up anywhere else. And when that offer came, I put that crystal ball in immediately. And, and I guess I, I snuck it by Rusty. He pointed it out to me, I, I think, a couple of days ago that I snuck that one in there a year ago. But, I mean, the guys, like you guys said, about how young he is, you know, not even a junior yet, but he's almost – I think he's about to crack the 1,200-pound club in, in the weight room. I mean, you look at him benching 340 pounds, him doing power – is 335-pound – power clean I mean it looked like you know it was it was light work for him and squatting I think 520 somewhere in that so he's right at that 1200 pound mark already I mean it's just it's tough not to to see his workout partner in Nick Chubb and know that he has that similar work ethic that similar mentality and and is just a guy that you can just you know put on the football field regardless of position and and a couple reps later you know he's probably going to be making those, those high school kids you know feel it pretty hard I would imagine that the reps there they probably have to limit him because you look at his film he's hurting kids I mean he is he is bringing the pain on the football field and not every high school kid's built to take hits like that so I'm just again no offense to any of the other players at Cedartown but I'm just saying that it's probably in their best interest that you know, maybe they only take a couple reps with him just so they could stay fresh and to limit the injuries for, for that team on Fridays. It's just he brings that to the table. And if you can have a, a you know, not to put this on him, it's tough because we've known about him for, for a while and obviously where he plays, he gets that mentioned all the time. But if you can have a player with Nick Chubb's work ethic on defense and a guy who physically, you know, brings what C.J. Washington brings to the table – and that's a no-brainer right there. I mean, he's a, he is an elite talent that Georgia has a chance to build on that, that you know, that 2022 class. And like I said, he's announcing at the end of the month, uh, I believe July 22nd, and it, it looks real good for Georgia to get a guy that could play anywhere in the country if he wanted to. But I just don't think once that Georgia offer came that, you know, anybody else had a chance. All right. Now, last topic. Georgia's got a visitor. Can uh, Kip? Can you tell us anything about that? Yeah, our uh, our coworker at the network, Tom Loy, kind of brought this to our attention. That you know, it's been an interesting cycle for us to cover. Uh, Georgia has had to adapt, like all programs have, with really not being able to uh, to host prospects and not being able to have guys on campus, not being able to have guys for G Day. You know, didn't have G Day. Not being able to have guys for the scavenger hunt. These were events and things that really helped Georgia in the previous cycles. And they have a, a tr- special target in Brock Bowers from Napa, California. I believe he's the nation's number two tight end in the – or number three tight end, I'm sorry, in, in the composite. 
a guy that Georgia and Todd Artley locked in on very early in the cycle as, as a guy they really wanted at the tight end position, you know, basically had to tell other guys, very highly ranked guys, that basically, no, we, we've locked into who we want at tight end. They're going to roll the dice on Brock Bowers, and he has wanted to do visits before making a decision. That has been his plan throughout. He said, I want to take – you know, I want to – check out a couple programs again. I, I, I want to see Georgia again. And, you know, continuing to see how things were going to progress with everything and, you know, just not being able to, to see the staff at Georgia and doing a regular visit. You know, Brock and his family made the decision that they were going to come to in town to Athens on their own this weekend. That's what they're going to do. They're going to see the town. They're going to see the campus. They're going to, you know, go by the stadium on their own without any interaction with the coaches. And I think obviously if you're Georgia, this bodes really well. This is kind of that last box that Brock wanted to check off as far as the process for him. And, you know, this is the route a lot of the prospects are having to take. They're having to visit just the, the campuses on their own just so they could see where they might want to go to college. And I, I think that Georgia is in a great spot here. It's it's really tough whenever you lock into a prospect because you're really rolling the dice. I mean, you know, a lot of things can happen. You end up missing out on your guy. Other guys come off the board and you're stuck. You know, you don't have a guy. And Georgia's got an opportunity here to really land their top guy at tight end and, and land, a, a you know, an incredible prospect at tight end two years in a row after landing Darnell Washington last year at, at Nevada. They have a chance to, to land a top prospect Again, out of the state of California, top 10 prospect, the top 100 prospect in the country, and a, and a guy that is extremely athletic at, you know, 6'3", 225 pounds, already was timed at a sub 640, you know, over a year ago. Uh, a guy that had over a 40-inch vertical jump at the opening regional over a year ago as well. And you look at, you know, what Todd Monken wants to do in his offense and, and how they might want to use the tight end. You can't do much better than what Brock Bowers brings to the table athletically and just a guy that Georgia hasn't really had at tight end. You know, they've had some good tight ends over the years, but just bringing that overall athleticism and a guy that can really, really take the top off the defense at tight end, Brock brings that to the table. And, you know, they get him on campus this weekend. If he likes what he sees, you know, I really like where Georgia stands here. And, again, July is shaping up to be a big month, and Georgia needed a big month in recruiting. I think being able to land a guy like Brock Bowers would, would do a lot towards just, you know, filling out their needs in this class. All right, Rusty, tell me I'm wrong here, if you will, and if you if you do think I'm wrong. You're but wrong. I got, yeah, there's, no, there's no question it's very possible, okay? But Brock Bowers, on his own dime, none of the glitz and glamour of a visit, no, none of the love from the coaches. He's, he's what he's going to do is he's going to visit. He's going to look around campus, look around town, all that stuff. No communication with coaches until he gets ready to leave. He can call them up and basically tell them how things went. They can ask him questions, whatever. All of that can happen, but he can't meet with them. He can't see the facilities on the inside. He can't get a tour or any of that stuff. But he's coming on his own dime without all that happen. I think that's pretty telling about where Georgia stands here. Am I wrong? No, you're not. You're not. Dang it, you're right. Um, I think that uh, you look at someone that brings their family from California to here on their own dime, and and, and certainly that happens a lot. Uh, Kendall Milton made multiple visits here unofficially, but this is a different time and age. I mean, you're coming into a town where, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jake, they just 
uh, voted to you have to wear a mask in he Athens. He better wear a mask. He will get a twenty-five dollar fine if he doesn't. Yeah, wear a mask in Athens, and uh, just to come here to look at a place and to spend multiple days here. I think he's coming in for two days to to see, and um, it's just it, it's it's very telling um, for me that that Georgia clearly is probably the team to beat. Now he hasn't pulled the trigger. I don't know that he is a. Uh, there's no behind the scenes. I don't think he has silently committed at all. Uh, but I do think Georgia's in a good spot here. And for him to come, I think that's a good opportunity for Georgia for him. I never forget Jacob Easton was making that southeastern tour. He went to Alabama, to Florida State, to Georgia. And I'd been in communications with his dad the whole time. And, you know, he was like, we're not going to make a decision. We're just going to see it, come home, think about it. And, uh, you know, went to Alabama, spent a day, went to Florida State, spent a day. And, Came to Athens and spent two days. Now it was a different time. He was able to be, meet with coaches and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, committed that night. He said, I, I just knew it was a place for me and, and committed. So, you know, Brock Bowers could have that moment. He may not. But for Georgia to get him here in this in this fashion, in this world we're in, during this time, uh, I agree with you, Jake. It says a lot. Absolutely. And, and I do remember that Jacob Eason commitment, him and Ben Cleveland, same time, had a source – Right when it happened, shoot me a text, said it just happened, and I was at an engagement party. I'm running across somebody's yard trying to get to my computer to write it up. I mean, they're, it just some of these behind-the-scenes type things, they're only like little 15-second snippets, but if you can just imagine my chubby self sprinting across somebody's yard with dress clothes on, I'm just I'm just glad I didn't slip down and bite it because uh, I'm pretty sure it had been raining, but uh, – Oh, man, just uh, just just a lot of fun covering recruiting and Georgia's – listen, with Georgia having the number of commitments they have right now, which is nine, there's a lot of meat left on the bone. There's a lot of news left to, to happen. And it's, it's just going to be a lot of fun covering this class. It's been so different, but at the same time, um, it, a lot's not going to change in terms of the, the suspense of it all and the excitement of it all. And we're going to have it covered for you over at Dogs 24-7 and want to remind you again – 60% off an annual subscription. That's that's over seven months for free. I believe if you do the math on it, 7.2 months for free. So come check us out. Give us a shot, and, and we won't let you down. But for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, that's all we got. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. They're Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell, also of Dogs 24-7. And you guys take it easy. <laughs>